0: The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Bet with Tote and support racing in the UK and Ireland. Switching it up as we are delaying the release of our review of Punchestown and, of course, the 2000 and 1000 guineas to talk about Chester. Switching from Thursday to Tuesday with the one and only Mr. Rory Delargy. Hello there. And hello to you, sir. Satisfied with the end of Line of Duty?
1: a dangerous question to ask. People might not have watched it yet. I've watched I watched all of it last year, so including including uh, this bit. True. Um so I'm not going to say anything uh, to anyone who may not want any spoilers.
0: Yeah. I also but, don't um, think it's the end. Spoiler oh, sp- spoiler alert. Spoiler non-spoiler. Ah uh, saying it's not the it's not the end of it is not a spoiler really. Um For the sort I liked it. Anyway, uh, we're going to look at uh, Chester Instead of look at the weekend, because Chester is mostly sponsored by Tote this week. And um, we are also going to have a lot of pieces of the Derby puzzle put into our hands. um, Because Chester has been hugely important for that. So what we'll do then on Monday is then go back over Chester, but also very much so... Uh, assess each derby trial that we've seen. Uh, Lingfield High Definition is set to run there. We've had the declarations, or not declarations, but the entries for the Derenstam Stud derby trial. Uh, and we'll know who'll, who'll be running in the uh, Dante as well. So uh, the pieces of the puzzle are all coming together. But before that, before we talk about a one mile four race, uh, let's talk about the speedsters. Five furlongs around Chester. Uh First of all, Rory, where do you want to be drawn on Wednesday with the ground currently good to soft and the stalls on the inside?
1: Yeah, they had a, the best part of an inch of rain um, yesterday before the meeting starts and showers forecast for um, for today and tomorrow at least. You, Chester's got one of the strongest draw biases in the country towards the, um, the low numbers. Um, the one caveat with that is it's also the track where races are priced up very much according to draw rather than the draw being a, a um, uh, a second thought. Um, so those who've priced, the uh, bookies are pricing up the races are, are, aware of the draw bias and, um, um, you you get shorter odds about horses drawn low as a result. Instead of that, you know, there's still value to be hard doing that. Um, and you need to, um, you need to have an idea if you back something that's not drawn low how your horse is going to win the race uh from a from a widest draw it has to a blistering early speed that's going to get it to the bend in front anyway or is it a come from behind horse who might as well be drawn wide um as you don't really want to be stuck behind horses on the rail um you can't come from behind a chester um and i think it's you're more likely to be able to come from behind on on, on, um, softish ground as well um, obviously they go off fast here to get a position into the first bend. And they tend, they tend to keep the revs up through the race as well. So when when the going gets a little bit testing, then it's harder for those front runners to keep it going the whole way. Um and horses can come from off the pace. You you don't want to be, you know, having to swing wide um into crucial bends, but it is it is possible. It's a lot harder, you know, race at the Chester Cup to come from uh, to overcome the you know very, very wide draw there. Um uh, and when you've got small fields, it's possible, obviously, to to, um, uh, to overcome a wide draw. But the shorter the trip and the bigger the field, the more the bias is towards the the, the very low numbers. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily absolutely linear, um, but um, stalls one, two, and three are the your first port of call um, when you're uh, trying to narrow things down. But I always try to um, um, find find reasons why horses for, who who don't come from those draws. Uh, might be advantaged by the run of the race anyway. Uh, don't be don't be absolutely adamant about stuff before looking at it in detail.
0: I like it. And uh, thank you very much for that expert insight, Rory DeLarge. So uh, Armour made a winning debut for Richard Hannon and um, Ryan Moore, who is back in the saddle again. Devious Angel uh, for Tom Dascom and Kings uh, Richard Kingsgoat. Uh, so they're both 11 to 4 best price. You then got Novello, uh, who's very, very uh, close behind them. Nicola Curry and uh, 100 to 30. Um, Bismau, 9 to 2. And then uh, it's double figure prices about the rest. Not to rule them out, but Rory, what do you think of the 5 furlong uh, juvenile race, the condition stakes to get things started?
1: Yeah, it's always an interesting race, the, the Lily Agnes. Just looking at the results of the last um, uh, the last few races. Uh obviously didn't have this in 2020. Oof. 2019, uh, Great dam installed Three beat Ivory Reflection Stall Five and Tough Buck installed Four. Uh, but worth pointing out, there was no Stall One and Two that day. There were a, a few non runners on on very soft ground. Um, on good ground in 2018, Stall Four beat Stall Five, beat Stall Six. So again, the um, uh, the very low stalls stalls one and two were um were beaten there. Uh and the key there is that the horses with the natural speed to get out were favored. Um stalls one and two in 2018, um ginger done the lot and settling I, I don't seem to remember much about ginger done the lot, but uh, there you go. Um uh, so they were drawn to- one and two, but two too, too slow and to stride to um uh, to make the draw count. Uh, Yogi Girl from three beats Black Orange in four in 2017. Um, whether they were the best two in the race, another matter altogether. The golden cue, John Stole One wouldn't have had the class. It was a 66 to one shot um, to, to get involved there, um, but did uh, run respectably from uh, from that draw. And the last two home were John Stoll's 10 and 11. Um, so, As you've seen from that, um, nothing from stall one has won recently, but horses who are drawn low with speed are advantaged. Uh, The question here is, who has got the most speed? Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: never easy when you've only seen horses once, twice, or not at all, uh, in the case of one or two of them. Uh, Novello comes from stall one, um, who is a third favourite around uh, um, 130. Uh, he's got most um, experience having won his last two. Um, son of Iverwood, who runs in the... Kind of Iverwood running, I think. Um, he's won at Wolverhampton and Brighton, so he's got no problem going around a left-handed bend as well. And his experience will, will hold him in uh, in good stead here. Um, but he's had three goals to to um, to produce his rating. He doesn't have much in hand. He's probably, on, on the time form figures... Um, he's top rated as well, but he's only a pound clear of the next one in, which is Devious Angel install two, um, who improved from Newmarket debut to win on the fiber at southern last time out, um, showing plenty of speed. Son of Koti Glory, Kota Glory is was a very, very fast juvenile and seems to be producing a fair number of um, of, of fast juveniles himself as well. He was a little bit tricky, Cottage Glory, he of course, um unseated his rider when um, about to win the flying childers. Oof. Um, but representing Tom Daskal and Richard Kingscott, who do very well around here. So he's well worth, well worth considering. And, um, Armour, um, would be the other one who's, who's very prominent in the betting. Um, he traveled very strongly, um, uh, was well back from winning at Doncaster on David. That was on firm ground. So he does need to show that he can, um, uh, he can do it on a uh, on a slower surface, but there's um, plenty in the family um, have have got form um, on slower ground. I'm I'm never a big fan of punting in in two old conditions races. I have to say, um, Devious Angel. I think he's got the nicest makeup. Um, yes, he's he's switch she rather is switching from from all weather to turf, but I think you know Tom Daskin was just very keen to ensure that his horses around this meeting have got the requisite experience. And that subtle race just happened to fall right in terms of giving her the the um, uh, the experience she needed um, to be able to go to war here. So I, I wouldn't look too much into the fact that her, her all-weather form is much better than her turf form because she would have needed the run on debut, um, showed up um, better than the, the finishing position suggests. Um, I, I think she'll take a fair bit of beating. And I, I know the... Um, um, uh, those who look at this from a, from a speed rating point of view are, are sweet on, on armour uh, he's, he's a little bit wider out in stall 5 um, but if he's able to use his speed uh, to go forward early then he could take a good position um, although Novello has um, has won his last two and has drawn on the, on the inside he's come from behind to win the, his last two races and he's been slowly into stride um on one occasion so i oh, don't nice. think i don't think he's that well the, the fact that he's got more experience than most uh, and, and handles and has been given experience experiences the likes of bath and wolverhampton and brighton so he's always been going around at least a dog leg mm. in his races so i think that's that's a good bit of training by george buffy george bowie rather um to um to do that but i, I don't think he's going to lead from stall one um, he's going to have to come from behind and he'll need a bit of luck in running. He will finish off strongly as he's seen in his race. He finds plenty for pressure, but he's not going to lead. I would have thought that um uh, DV's Angels, the likeliest leader here, but you've also got speed from, from um, uh, Lucy Lulu, who made all the running to win at Doncaster. Um, First time I haven't even mentioned her yet. She's, um, she obviously she got a, um, give her a chance. Um she wasn't massively fancied on David Doncaster went off at 14 to 1, but mid all the running um to win by a neck from Tyson, she's nicely bred. Um she should do better as well for Roger Fell. So I, I find it hard to rule anything out here. So I'm not I'm not going to put a selection up as such. Um, as I said, I think DVZ has got the nicest setup. Whether she's the best filly in the race is another matter
0: altogether. Okay, Uh, this then brings us to the two fifteen Weatherby's E Passport Cheshire Oaks for the Robert Sangster Memorial Cup Listed race. This was Robert Sangster's favorite race course. Uh, Dubai Fountain heads the betting five to two, just uh, from Zadea for Roger Varian and Jim Crowley, making her
1: beautifully pronounced.
0: Did that actually work? No, 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 of course not. Yeah. Zay-ada. 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 Uh, so, of course, you know, someone
1: will come along and say that well, you should be pronouncing these in, in Arabic style.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, which I'm, a massive,
1: which I'm a massive fan of not doing that. I'm not yeah. going to say, <laughs>
0: as
1: long as I live. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, you don't need to I'm worry sarcastic about it
0: <laughs> you don't need to worry for now on, until his <laughs> progeny hit the track and then, then you'll be asked a few questions uh, so she obviously three from three so far makes her seasonal reappearance Darlectable you do you want to
1: and yeah Grant Grant well done you
0: I was going to say do you want to go Sorry, me for so lot All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, two runs our season, and uh, both with distinction. Nicest uh, runs for Donica O'Brien, and is the selection of Ryan Moore, which is not a surprise really, because she's out of.
1: Yes, um, you say he's
0: picked her. She well, could. yes, the lads can actually. We've learned this uh, through our interviews with Adrian O'Brien. The lads sometimes. Uh, put him him on horses but at the same time Ryan also sometimes looks at declarations and go no I'm gonna ride that horse Uh, so this is uh, this is a horse out of Chiquita who cost 6 million euro my god and uh, didn't win a race for Aiden O'Brien Um,
1: oh yeah she won the Irish Oaks but that was that was um, before she joined in
0: yeah yeah not she was
1: she was an absolute shithouse Chiquita she let's be let's be blunt about it an absolute
0: shithouse she was not the nicest horse in the world but she was um, she was powerfully built I'll give her that
1: she was hugely talented um, but she didn't always didn't always do it in the right direction nope
0: she, well, go. she, she made fools of a number of people, um, and uh, it takes something special to make a fool of Aidan O'Brien. Uh, and then he's got a runner with Oshin Murphy on board, right? What's your your thoughts on this race then?
1: Uh, my starting point was actually dialectable you, but not not in a in a positive way. I I I thought she was very very short. Um, given what she has achieved, um, she was runner-up on debut at Newcastle. Um, there's nothing wrong with that run. Um, that came over a mile and a quarter as a as a two-year-old, so she's not the uh, not the speediest in the world. Uh, she made a reappearance then at Newbury, and she um, she ran very well to be second. But she she had everything go away that day. She was she had the experience. You don't expect um, John Goston's fillies uh, to to be uh, too green with the benefit of experience. Uh, she knew more than most of her rivals at Newbury. She got she got to the lead easily. Frankie Detroit was able to set a modest gallop and he's then um, kicked off the front in the straight. Everything looked to be going to plan. She's traded nine to one on and running, but she got ran down by Aristia um, with Melo Magic only a length and a half back in, in third. Um, you know, for me, you're on that race um, or you run the race again a week, a fortnight later. Aristia definitely wins. Because um, you know there was no, she wasn't seen to best effect. She wasn't knocked about. Um, she ran green. She'd never run before, but she was strong at the finish and she definitely deserved to win. Now, Delectable, you will improve, um, but she needs to improve tons. Yeah, you know, there's not, that, that was that was as I said, she got to the lead. Uh, Frankie set set um, modest fractions. You could argue that maybe it would have made it would have been better for him in retrospect to go faster. Um, I put the others under pressure earlier but obviously in that kind of situation where you want to get confidence in a win uh, out of a very well-bred filly um, you don't do anything silly you just basically control the pace um, increase the pace at the right time which Frankie did um, he, he managed to get a you know a two or three length uh, break on them while still on the bridle uh, but she couldn't win the race she's beautifully bred of course uh, by Dubawi out of Daremi uh, and they've been you know a fair number of Group 1 performers from this family. But she doesn't look one of the best them. what we've seen so far, and it's not like she's been very backward either. That's the thing. She looked very pro- she looked very professional in Newbury. Um, and while she clearly will improve for it, I think she needs to improve a fair bit to be winning uh, a race of this nature. We sort of, put her next to Dubai Fountain. Uh, yeah, when the prices came out for this uh, initially, Delectable U was a shorter price than Dubai Fountain. Dubai Fountain's been beaten a length in the Phillies mile. Um
0: that's ridiculous. You know, she's
1: got she's got speed figures that are that are several stone in advance of dilettable U, which is, you know, dangerous to rely upon. And I'm not going to because Dubai Fountain won't be my selection. But I thought she was put in as fourth favorite for this race, Dubai Fountain Now she's had a lot of racing at two, and you expect one or two of these will find more improvement from two to three than her. But in terms of her official rating, she's she's got some, you know, she's already posted um. The figures that, that the others have to improve enormously to match. Um, I do expect them um, a few of these to close that gap and and maybe one or two of them to actually go past Dubai Fountain. But her fourth in the Phillies mile is a tremendous effort. It was her best effort of the two-year-old campaign. So it's all very well saying that oh, she's, she's fully exposed. But her best effort at two came on her, her final start, also came on the softest ground she raced on. Um, she was, she wasn't necessarily particularly well placed that day in terms of, of where she raced the way the race panned out. Um, but she battled on very gamely, um, behind pretty gorgeous Indigo girl and Mother Earth. and That form doesn't look too bad now. She's a neck behind Mother Earth, um, in that contest. Um, and we know what Mother Earth has done since. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she deserves, she deserves to be favored for this race on what she's achieved. Um, so I was surprised that she was put in, um, fourth best by the firms when this race was priced up initially she's been nibbled at since then um, and I think that's that's fair enough um, so I think she deserves to be favourite um, but I think there's more to come from Zayada who's a filly I like
0: yeah I do too
1: um, the other thing sorry, I should before we move on from Dubai Fountain she's also um, drawn low is a front runner and is ridden by Franny Norton around Chester so I she won- has that in her favour as well yeah you know yeah. She will, she will be heading off in front. And that's another thing against our electable use. She's, she's managed to dominate her race last time at Newbury. She's not going to get to the front this time.
0: No. Nope.
1: So she needs to do something different, uh, which is asking a lot of her. Uh, now, she could improve and do it, but she was, she was a daft price in the first place, considering what her profile is. Um, Zayana's got the worst of the draw in seven, and she can be slowly. I say she can be slowly away. She's been slowly away on all three of her career starts. So in terms of profile, um, she's got a lot against her at Chester. She'd be very interesting elsewhere. But at Chester, you've got to ask questions about whether she'd be okay. In fairness, I think I think um, all those um, drawn from stalls one to five are going to go forward. Um, and I don't think it makes much of a difference for Ziada that she's drawn high and that she can be slowly away because what her rider will do, what Jim Crowley will do, is he will just look to tuck her in behind anyway. He will sit in last or second last in the early stages and he will wind her up slowly and come with a sweeping run. And the one thing we know about Zayada is she can come with a sweeping run. Um, have a look back at her win in the Montrose Philly Stakes last year. Only listed race on heavy ground at New, uh, New Market, rather. Um, and you can you can poke holes in the form to some degree. But she and Mystery Angel came seven lengths clear of the field yeah. uh, on heavy ground that day. And she found herself, she was slowly away and in a poor position. And she's had to start working um, she's almost been ridden to get placed in that race. Um, she's slowly away. Jim Crowley then decided to to, um, to ask her for an effort before halfway. And I think, you know, I don't think he was necessarily thinking of winning the race. She was 11 to 2 shot in the day. I'm not, I'm not suggesting they were trying to win, but I think in the circumstances, given where he was and given how the race is panning out, um, Jim was basically just trying to trying to get her as forward as possible. Mystery Angel then got first run. Um, she led uh, into the dip. She's kicked a couple of lengths clear. And Zayada has made an effort to get into the race in the first place. She's then had to make a second effort to chase Mystery Angel down. And I think if she finished a two-length second, people would say that was a really promising effort from this filly. But she didn't finish two-length seconds. She kept gaining on Mystery Angel, and she grabbed her about 50 yards from home and went clear to win by a length and a quarter in the end. Um Mystery Angel has come out and won the Pretty Polly since she's had a few rounds. I mean, she's had a lot of racing Mystery Angel for a, a filly of her age, uh, but she has won the, um, the Pretty Polly over a mile and a at Newmarket this season. We know she's got the stamina to see that out. You could argue, looking at the race, that she was maybe produced a little bit too early, but she kept pulling further and further clear of the rest of the field. So I don't really buy that. Yeah, you know, if if, if you're losing ground on the field in the last hundred yards or, or a furlong of a race, then you've made your move too early or you're not good enough. Um, But the fact is, although she was losing ground to Zianna, she was gaining ground and everything else. So she was, um, uh, you know, they were all finishing slowly because the ground was really tough that day. Uh, The times in the day were were slow. But I thought it was really impressive that Zianna was able to, A, get into contention with Mystery Angel, um, get in a position where she could have, you know, finished a good second behind her, but then kept chasing her. Made a second effort to get up uh, and win that by a length and a quarter. As I said, you, you can take different different views on the race in terms of um, how many of those horses ran to form, but that's always a that's always a dangerous thing to do with with heavy ground because strictly speaking, once horses crack, you know, they stop going forward. Um, doesn't mean they haven't necessarily give the running out. It just means mathematically, it's hard to it's hard to assign ratings to the race. Uh, But Zayada and Mystery Angel definitely give the running. And Mystery Angel had the run of the race, whereas Zayada had to work very hard to come from the back of the field and get on terms. Um, And these were not conditions that suited that kind of run. So I thought that was really, really likable. she's got to give uh, a penalty away, which again isn't ideal. So she's got the worst for the draw. She's got the worst run style and she's giving uh, a penalty away, despite the fact that um, she only won a listed race, whereas Dubai Fountain was, was beaten a length in a grade one, a group one. And a very strong group one as well so in a manner of speaking she's, she's got stuff to overcome zayada but i think she's very very likable she's got a lovely pedigree as well pedigree she'll improve a lot for stepping up to uh, a mile and a quarter plus this is obviously a one mile three and a half uh, i think that will suit her really well she's got two of the best brood mares in history um very close up in her in the the, the teal line of her pedigree as well um uh reprocolor and slightly dangerous um and i guess the other if you're talking about the the uh the best brood mares ever you're also looking at that dar ray me line as an interesting one as well but slightly dangerous and reprocolor um were proper blue hand mares who've produced uh tons of group 1 winners um, over the year over the years and she's um uh, she's got both of those in her pedigree so i i'd, I'd like to see her um, be able to show that she's a uh, uh, a group one filly and although her her early wins um, didn't suggest that she's unbeaten in three starts um, but the form of her, her wins at, at uh, Chelmsford at Beverly only you know useful and no better than that but that run at Newmarket suggests that um, uh, there's a lot more to come from her and I think she'll confirm that.
0: I agree and uh, I like the fact that the Best of her work comes late in a race as well, and that she's one on soft, good, and heavy. So she's a versatile filly, and I think she'll she'll take all the beating. So we're backing you up, Rory. Um, this takes us to handicap company at totes.co.uk handicap. Where, by the way, if you're not taking advantage of top loss now, ten percent extra on no all winnings. Are you mad? Uh, and SP guaranteed as well. So SP guaranteed plus 10% extra on all your winnings. Chester, this week, take advantage. So TotePlus at tote.co.uk, handicap, 245, five furlongs. Uh, Showlong is your favorite for David Allen and Tim Easterby at 5-2. to two. Then Harmony Lil at fours. Rory, just give us the winner.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not a race I spend an awful lot of time on. Show long is is, um, is the likeliest winner on paper. Um, she ended uh, last season uh, winning a, a novice at York on soft ground, so we know she handles the ground uh, very well. She'd also won um, a similar race at Red Card early in the season not on heavy. She's run respectably on quick ground, uh, but she seems well-suited by a soft surface. And she came out um, a couple of weeks ago and finished... Um, a very promising fourth um, in a handicap at Thirsk um, uh, behind Tweet Tweet. Um, She wasn't as well away there. Well, She wasn't as handy as she she had been in her two-year-old race. She'd always been up there, either leading or very close to the pace in all four starts um, last season. Uh, She wasn't quite as handy at uh, at Thirsk, but stayed on very well. Uh, Looked like there was more to come from her Proves she's trained on well. Um, if she shows the the early pace she did last year, um, she'll get a good position from stall four as well. Uh, she doesn't want to be um, trying to race midfield here. She could get she could get herself trapped in. But I think she'll show speed to be handy. I don't think she'll necessarily lead. I think you've got the likes of Imperial Force who wants to get to the front from stall one. Um, the first company will want to go forward from stall two as well. So she's not going to get an easy lead. Uh, but I think she just wants to go up there handy. Uh, from Sol 4 uh, and, and make the most of a, of a reasonable draw as I said she'll improve for her reappearance and she should be pretty hard to beat the handicapper has been very kind to drop her a, a pound um, for that uh, that return which is I think a slightly strange move but um, if I was her trainer I'd be delighted to take it
0: that'll do that'll do we'll move on to the Chester Valle Stakes group 3 so this is uh, another piece in the Derby puzzle Worko for Godolphin who of course would love to win this race uh 15 to 8 9 to 4 is the price by this fella with the uh, late withdrawal of sir lormac or sir lamarck do you want to go from it for me
1: sir lamarck uh, yeah both both sir Lamarack and san martino uh, have come out but san martino was only in here as a pacemaker so i imagine they're both going ahead for the um uh, for uh, Leopardstown at the weekend,
0: mm, probably heading to the the Derrinstown instead. Yep. Um, any reason given as to why they can't? No, I
1: haven't, I haven't. I haven't been looking for that, so I don't know. What, I don't know what the issue is. Um, but Sir Lamarack has been entered uh, today for Leopardstown, so I, I, it can't be a massive setback. Uh, that's kept him out of this. I know there were ferry issues today with horses travelling over, so maybe they plan to send them over. Um, the horses who I, there were a few Irish-trained horses going to air today who didn't make it over because of high winds. I think. Um, oh, there's a lot so of high it winds. May well, on. It may well be that Aidan wants wants to get them across um, early and he ran into training problems with them. But I haven't I haven't done my research on that, so I
0: don't know. Okay. Well, it's a shame, because it would have been very interesting, particularly based on his impressive win off top weight and Handicap last time out. But um, I really wanted yeah, to he see...
1: Yeah, he'd have been my selection. I think he's a very interesting one. Yeah, he'd have been
0: mine as well, to be honest. But I, I wanted to see him up against Worko. I wanted to see how they get on. But we do have Law of the Sea as well. So we've got these... these uh, two godolphin horses both winners this season um law of the seas had two wins this season uh worko the one but was a winner as a juvenile as well um both of them beaten on debut and they are the horses who dictate the market you'd spirit is in there as well fran dribolding and and tom marquand uh, at a similar enough price uh what is this now Worko's race to lose
1: I think it is, to be honest. Um, There should be a bit more to come from your spirit uh, and Law of the Sea, and even Fancy Man. But um, yeah, I I think he's the um, uh, your spirit and Fancy Man were fourth and fifth in the field and sixth, um, and they should come on a little bit from that. Law of the Sea won his um, his novice last time out at Leicester, but Um, I was a little disappointed with how the runner-up ran the other day. That was his debut at Leicester. Um, uh, He was beaten four lengths, uh, a horse called Gustav Holst. He ran perfectly well next time, but um, speaking to a friend of mine who was there, he really liked Gustav Holst and said, this horse you know, um, should be going very close next time because he looked like he needed the experience. And He ran in in a fairly ordinary uh, contest just the other day, a, um, a maiden at Salisbury and he ran, he ran well, um, but he was beaten four and three quarter lengths or four and a half lengths rather by, by Oman who looked hard to win with last year. So I'm not sure the form is, is anything uh, exceptional. Uh, Mellow Magic, by the way, was second in that race. She was the, the Philly who, who was third to dialectical U and Newbury. Um, so you can you can argue that you know maybe that form is better than it looks and you'd upgrade both horses for it, but I don't think so. Um, so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit um, negative about Law of the Sea because of that. Uh, he's also drawn a stall stall eight and he can be seen but slowly away uh, when he won at Kempton in January, so he doesn't really want to be doing that here. I know there we're now down to six runners, um, but at the end of the day, at Chester you don't necessarily want to be giving up ground from the widest stall. Uh, in a race like this he said having tipped up a horse with a similar profile in the previous race Um, (laughs) but yeah I don't think it's quite as much going for him as um, as the selection in the Phillies race Uh, so Virko drawn us all too I thought I thought the Epsom derby trial blue ribbons uh, as it used to be back then it still is a blue ribbons isn't it Um, I thought that was decent form you know that hasn't been a particularly strong uh, derby trial ironically for a long time but but in fairness, it's got it's got better the last couple of years. All you need is for Godolphin to use it on a regular basis, um, uh, or some of, you know some of the bigger yards to use it. Uh, John Gosden, uh, for example, which he did with Uncle Bryn was third was Sturgeon. I thought it was a decent race, uh, and I will be uh, I will be selecting the horse to finish fourth uh, for a race later on in the week, hopefully, if he's declared. So I, yeah, Firko did that did that well. He's going to be suited by the the. Um, uh, the longer trip here as well. Um, this is, you know, this is longer than the Derby, uh, the Chester Vase. Um, he's from a, a good German family, so obviously by Kingman. There's a bit of speed there, obviously, but um, uh, there's lots of stamina in the uh, the dam side of his pedigree. He's going to he's going to benefit from a step up to a mile and a half. Um, he found plenty for pressure that day. The speed figure is very good. Um, I think he. I think he will find that race aiding his development as well he'd need to be a little bit more um, uh, savvy than he was there uh, again you know he wasn't brilliantly positioned as the race um, panned out but I thought he did it very well to win um, given that again he was a little bit slowly into stride he wasn't um, uh, he wasn't best placed when the race began in earnest um, but he found plenty for pressure he's got the best form in the race um, and I think he he would have learned plenty from the, from the run as well so for me, it is his risk to lose. And I mean, if he, you know, if he, if he falls, if he falls asleep in the stalls, that might that might be enough to to do for him. But I think he'll probably learn enough from from what happened last time out like, to be sharper this time.
0: Okay. All right. I'm I'm happy to go with you. Um, more than happy, in fact. I think the horse might end up going off a shorter price, uh, almost certainly based on what you've said.
1: Um, well, is, uh, classic trials in Charlie Appleby this season. There's no knocking him, is there?
0: Gold, 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 gold.
1: And from frequently gold and silver as well. So <laughs> that's uh, exactly where he stands with the three-year-olds.
0: License to print money. Uh, it didn't make sense to me that um, the Oaks runners are still in there. Why Why is Dunica's horse nicest and why is Aidan O'Brien's horse in there in the Oaks drive? That's trial? a
1: good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I so, don't know. I,
0: so I had to look it up. They've yeah. been taken out due to the going. Oh, that's kind of weird. Hmm.
1: Cause he hasn't no one's no one's from the stables been across to assess the going. So and, okay.
0: So that's that's the official reason given for uh now he was beaten on yielding and heavy last year, but he won on yeah. soft and he's won on good this season. So
1: I feel yeah, I feel thinking he wants good grind. Uh, he's more likely to get that at you know. and in a manner of speaking, you look at that as, as as a positive for the horse's Derby chances. That Aiden wants to find the uh, the ideal conditions for him, Yeah. rather than saying, "Yeah, we'll give you a go and see how you how you work out."
0: There is just yeah. one problem with that. He faces Max Sweeney now, the unbeatable Max Sweeney on well, Sunday.
1: I'm- Max Sweeney's not unbeatable,
0: is he? He's a machine, son. He's not. He's, he's a machine. Really. He's going to bolt Wrong. up. Bald, but I mean, the be, resurgence it'd be, it'd be, of Bulger great, has arrived. It'd be
1: great to see Bulger, Jim Bulger, dominate the uh, the fat season this year. But, you know, uh, the idea that Max is is unbeatable based on what he did last season is, uh, oh.
0: yeah,
1: I think, the most important race for Max entire career was to win a race that day that he did. Wasn't it?
0: Uh, you think it's because
1: it was the it was the anniversary?
0: Oh, of course, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I was talking about the I was thinking of the current Yes,
1: no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, to win you know, on that um,
0: particular day,
1: yeah, was, that, of, was his, that was his derby and his cup final
0: was of into one particular historical significance.
1: Yes. Well, I wish, I wish Jim even mentioned afterwards. I mean, Kevin Malin was asked about. It. He goes, "Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that, that sort," <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so, not
0: about yeah, Kevin, Manning
1: sorry. actually. So, um, it went, that was meant to be uh, meant to be your man from the Fast Show. But, uh, <laughs> oh no, yeah. but that, no, sorry, Ted. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know about that now, sir. Um Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We're getting off the, off the, off the subject with Miss Sweeney, but there's no there's no reason why Eden would would. Um, would fight, would you know? Would run away from a horse like that?
0: No, no, of course um, not. So, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm in, it's in jest.
1: So if you're, if you're with um, Sir sort of right Lambrate for the, for the Derby, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be panicking at this stage because of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, you should be okay. You should be okay. Um, it, uh, it, it was, it was interesting though. It was significant that, um, uh, that uh, Max Sweeney. Managed to go and win on the twenty fourth of October. <laughs> Shall we leave it there? Indeed, and and move and move along. Um, look up Terence Maxweeney, by the way, if you are wondering what are they talking about. Uh, and you should know by now, by the way, as well. Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll see how how Maxweeney gets on. But um, we both then it's emerged like Slammerak for the for the Derby as well. He's improved. In spades, and um, definitely one for the shortlist, and hopefully uh, we'll see a, a cracking finish to the town on Sunday, where both of them can go to Epsom with um, with real claims. Uh, right, the three forty five wraps things up. Uh, so wrap it up for us for for yeah, us um, anyway. Anyway, um, mm, are you strong in this race?
1: Well, um, price depends, on, but Uncle Jumble's blinding blindingly obvious. He was 6 and one when the market opened yesterday. And I was, um, I thought it was, it was too big. He's drawn and stole two. Um, he's got better early speed than than the horses outside him. Uh Sal's still and stole one and we'll probably go forward as well. But I thought Uncle Jumbo very unlucky um to be he finished fourth of seven at Bonifrat um last time out on his turf return. Unlucky not to um uh, not to go very close in that race or perhaps win it he was, he was denied a run at the crucial time he, he just popped out popped out behind the leader travelled very well and then just got caught in the backwash um, when he was coming for his, his run and um, that's uh, a spoiler's chance of winning he still was beaten just over a length and a half in the end um, that showed that he's trained on very well uh, the, the only concern with him is this dis- was one disappointing run last season came in a heavy grind at Redcar but the grind was really bad uh, Red for two-year-old Trophy Day, where they, the jockeys on, on the straight track, they examined every inch of turf to try to find ground that wasn't like a bog um, and it worked um, better for some horses than others. He he'd give no, he didn't run his race at all, but I think heavy ground is one thing and and, and good to soft ground is, is not altogether. So I think he'd be fine on the ground. I wouldn't want to be backing anything in a sprint handicap at at, um, at Chester at less than three to one. Um, in a field of this size, uh, and it's, he is beginning to get back now, so he was six to one and 11 to two. And now I think he's about four to one. Uh, mm. I wouldn't want to go too much lower than that, but you know, he's a blindingly obvious horse to be with in a race like this.
0: Some of the big firms have gone threes as well. So avoid with them and, um, take the fours while you can, uh, if you're listening to the show early, right then on Thursday. Uh, The 145 kicks things off. This is live on ITV4. Um, uh, All of the races that we're talking about are live on ITV4 as well, I should say, I think throughout the week. They don't change from ITV4, do they? No, they don't. Okay. Uh, So five furlongs. And uh, this is the Satchel Moore and Solicitor's Business Interruption Claims Handicap. Really rolls off the tongue, that one. Uh, Again, the forecast ground is good to soft. Jabberocky. Seven or four. Ah, um, oh, come on, Rory! Just tell us who wins.
1: <laughs> it's the one, the one you're about to say. Yeah. Oh, it um, is it? It is. Ja- Jabber- Jabberocky is obvious in that he he um, he binds back to form um, to win the Scottish Sprint Cup at uh, Musselboro Mondamage Get turn. to him. Get and to him, Rory. Install one, but I shall be very much with uh, Mon damage. For Anthony Britton, um, he's uh, he's temperamental. He can play up, you know, before the start. He's won a hood uh, in in uh, all his races since debut. But he's got plenty of ability, and he improved for a special turf at Pontefract last time out. So turning track on turf at this trip, um, he fair bolted up. Quite frankly, didn't win. It won by two and a turn quarter lengths. Could have could have. um one by further. The horse he likes The horse, the horse he likes, the horse he beat last time is a horse that I'd be happy to back um uh this week as well. Just another bottle. He's fallen back to a to a winning mark. And I want to keep him on size up. But so Montamage um stuffed him off a mark of 79. He's still up seven pounds for it. Um but there's more to come from him. The, the the worry with him, obviously, is he's got the time for him squiggle because um uh he's looked difficult and he's he had started slowly on his previous couple of races. Uh, he was well beaten as Saville in February, uh, and then he was a, half, a good half-length second at Newcastle, but slowly away both times. Tried him in Shields on the second of those starts, but absolutely fine last time at Pontifact. Pops out the stalls like a lamb uh, and looked a different horse altogether. Um, if he goes back to his, his bad old ways and misses the start, then he's in trouble, um, and therefore you wouldn't want to be taking a, a very skinny price about him. But I think he's the best horse in this race. In fact, I'm, I'm Absolutely certain he's the best horse in
0: this race. Um, but he just needs to be in his best behavior. Nice. Nice. That'll do. And uh, we shall take it on to the 215. Where Yibir, where's uh, Yibir, where's Cheap Pieces for the first time for that man, Charlie Appleby and William Bewick, 15 to 8. Uh, Ontario, this is the. Hold on a second now, Rory. <coughs> Tote Plus, biggest dividends at tote.co.uk, D-stakes, listed race. So another step towards Derby trial and another Derby trial and another step towards uh, understanding the Derby a little bit more. Ontario, 11-4, um, who we've seen already at, at Newmarket and get fairly well beaten uh, behind Tactical. So uh, he's been pretty well supported uh, in recent days. And this is a very small but select field with um, Maximal for Sir Michael Stout and uh, Richard Kingscote being the, the other one of note. Everything else is a big price, including Foxtails, who's just come in from uh, 12s into about nines. But um, you mentioned Ontario having a, a big reputation the last day. Um, do the cheek pieces concern you about the Godolphin runner?
1: Uh, no, I'm a little bit surprised by it, but I can see why they're going on your beer. Um, he's just, he was just a tiny bit lazy in front at, at sandown but he battled really well um, when he was headed. I thought that was, um, well, I thought that was decent form. I know, I know a, a length here, the, the winner of the classic trial it was quite a big price, um, but it looked a race with a fair degree of strength. Um, you know, for the level and the front three came a long way clear uh, in the circumstances. Three and three quarter lengths clear of Lone Eagle um, who was a group winner at two uh, further four lengths clear of um, uh, of Belloccio in, in fifth uh, and, you know, horses with, with half decent form finishing in behind there the likes of Etonian, so Lucan uh, well behind. Um, I thought, um, I thought, I just sort of looked a good race on paper and although it went to 25 to one shot, um, I thought there was very little wrong with the foreman. Yabeer made most of the running, um, was headed with a couple of furloughs run and look, looked like he was done with, battled back really, really well to force a three way photo. And I thought that was, I th- it's, it's not easy doing that at Sandown. Um, it's not like the, the uh, inside reel is a help to you with horses on your outside there. It's, it's a lot easier just to drop off them. Um, but he kept battling all the way. And I, I'm guessing the argument is that he would just travel that little bit sweeter. Uh, with the uh, the cheek pieces on, um, but he's clearly going to go forward. He he made most of the running there. Um, he's the he's the uh, the likeliest uh, leader in this contest. Um, Ontario goes forward in his races. Maximal goes forward. It races freely. Um, but um, if you have to if you have to nail your colours to the mass and say he's leading here, you beer's be hands on uh, to lead this field um, into and out of the first band, and that could be crucial. I think it's going to be very hard to hard to pass.
0: That could be the race winning move.
1: Yeah, I think people are going to ha- be happy enough for him to do it as well, um, because um, because Maxwell gets a little bit lit up. I don't think Richard Kingston wants to wants to be trying to make the running on him. He'll want to, to sit just behind the leader. Ideally, um, he, he'll ideally want Ontario on his outside so that Maxwell gets cover and can settle. But I think um, in in getting him best settled. He will allow the likeliest winner to get first run in him. Um, Ontario should should improve for that run at New Market. Um he's done most of his running at seven furlongs to date, and there's no doubt he'll improve for stepping up to a mile and a quarter. So he's a danger, Ontario. Um, you know, he was done for speed by tactical. Tactical's a six-furlong horse, really. Um, who won it. And the horse who finished second in that um that race, the European free handicap, uh, was a very good fourth in the Guineas. Uh, as well, you know, Emmett because mm-hmm. he was tipped up here in four places at sixty-six to one, mm-hmm. uh, and showed the that is all right.
0: Gave you a big mention uh, on a show that hasn't been released yet, so let me do it now.
1: <sighs> Naval crown
0: for De baby, seventy to one. Seventies
1: was available. 70s. Well,
0: done. well done, well done to everybody who got oh, on board. Well done. well done,
1: And as I said, as I said to you when when making that my my uh, my nap of the week, yeah, I said you have to get the paper. And if you got the paper, uh, you'd have got the winner as well, because he was, uh, I put both of them up on the Irish field. Oh um, nice, six, nice 16 to one shot for you as well.
0: Go on, Jim Bulger. The Irish field, available online and in all good good uh, I, news agents and some rubbish ones I got as a, well.
1: I got an email from my boss at the field who said, well done with your winner. i piped the second. Good luck in your next job. <sighs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I uh, should listen have listened to the reigning racing post-NAPS champion. That must have skyrocketed to the top of the table, did it?
1: Briefly. Briefly. Okay. Back in, mm. back in a couple of seconds.
0: While you do this, let me tell everybody why, if you haven't made the switch to Toad Plus yet, then why? So you'll see Toad Plus mentioned a lot this week, and um, obviously... On the name of the Derby trials, on the name of the Chester Cup as well. It is the biggest and best pool betting payouts available to racing fans. As Toad are on a mission to provide betters and especially final full-on podcast listeners, with extra gravy by giving the best value possible. And this does just that. It's a new enhanced dividend on all of Tote's Racing pools. So we're not just talking about singles, where again. The guaranteed SP is in place. So let's say you back Ontario to win this race and he goes off um, three to one and the tote pay, I don't know, five to two, the equivalent of that. Uh, you'll get the threes. You will get the threes. If for some reason the SP goes out to sixes and tote paid under that, uh, you'll get the sixes and 10% on top. That applies also to Exactus, Trifectus, the place pot, the quad pot, and the scoop six. When a million, you don't get paid a million. You get paid 1,100,000 pounds, and you're taking Rory and I off to Barbados. Thank you very, very much. So the only way that you can take advantage of this is not by betting with a partner site. All due respect to them. If you're doing tote bets through partner sites and you think, oh, this is great. I'm going to get 10% extra on my winnings. No, you won't. You'll only get it at tote.co.uk, tote.ie as well, but honestly, it's one and the same. I can't keep saying that over and over and over again. I use tote.co.uk the whole time, as seen in the screen grab of my article for my 10 to follow, which was very kindly put up there, and they kind of put in a little jab at me as well, which I quite liked. I got a bit of a kick out of that. Anyway, to get 10% on top of all of your winnings, Take full advantage of Tote Plus at tote.co.uk, tote.ie, or download the official Tote app. Um, and it applies to all pools where Tote Plus is donated, but that's basically all racing pools. Full terms and conditions are on the website. If you read those, fair play to you. You're better than I am Uh, because I do not check the full terms and conditions of uh, the Apple update which I got the other day so maybe I now owe Apple a kidney I've paid enough for the bloody equipment over the years so I probably do at this point Uh, b18plus, bgamblerware.org which of course is a very important charity, so that's Tote Plus which you really should be taking full advantage of, Roy DeLargy, where are you in the NAPS championship?
1: Uh, uh, Third
0: Third. Okay. Something and, like that. And were you looking at your nap today? Where,
1: where am I, my nap has already been gone and um, run like a hairy dog.
0: Oh, dear, dear. Never mind. Never mind. Cut, 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 cut. Rory, know, tremendous form. I'm
1: second. I'm second. Excellent. Well, least, who, least, who's be, least, Who has the I've temerity to I, beat you? A, a badly out-of-form 11-year-old sprinter who? in the hope of getting a massive price.
0: Who's... Who has the temerity of beating you? Uh,
1: Templegate of the Sun. Ah,
0: that's alright. We like Templegate. Uh, wait, now, Hang on a second. It's not the, not the same Templegate as you. It's not, it's not Steve Jones anymore.
1: Steve Jones fuck no. that guy then.
0: Fuck that guy. Let, take him down, Rory. Take him down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We like although, uh, although although today's selection ran, ran like a hairy dog I'm delighted to see that Andrew might also um tips it up so
0: ah there you go uh, you know
1: you've you haven't, you haven't done a terrible thing when Andrew might agrees with you
0: you're you're doing okay if Andrew minutes's in agreement with you you're doing all right um right shall we leave it at uh, your beer?
1: yes we will we'll leave that at your beer and we'll very quickly move on to the 245. Give us
0: Two, the winner three, now
1: uh, I think Buster 2 will run really well. Um, you should get a reasonable price about them. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't see prices. I can
0: get me. you thirteen to two.
1: Yeah. Well, he was forty to one when he was beaten last time, so I thought you know thirteen to, time, so thought, you know, 13 to two seems a little bit, mm. a little bit um, stingy. Let me see what else I can
0: get you. Oh Jesus, Rory! Uh, there's only one firm going thirteen to two, and and one are going fives. Is that
1: because there's two firms betting
0: on that No, there's actually five. Right.
1: Uh yeah. I, I, c- certainly one bigger than final to one, but Buster two, I, I I like. Um he's running off the CM won second in the um uh the Isher Cup at Sandline last time. I was always a very well contested handicap. Uh the winner of that is much improved this season. Uh Namuz, who bolted up at um in a good race at Mustard in his previous start. Uh, he won by six lengths. Uh, normally getting beaten by six lengths and a handicap means you're, you're not particularly well handicapped um, Buxet 2 was, was a pound out of the weights there he runs off the same mark again but in fairness if you take Namuz out of the contest who led got the run of the race uh, and did it nicely uh, Boxer 2 came um, four and three quarter lengths clear of the, of the rest of the field uh, and as I said that's always a well contested race So it's not a case of it oh, might have been one of those weak handicaps um, it wasn't it, in fairness it was a race that Rifleman um Unseated Ryan Moore, um, if you remember that. Mother. He swerved, he swerved sharply left uh, with a four to to go. And it might well be that Buxted, Buxted 2 would have been third that day. Um, but um, he kept on nicely without being knocked about by Cam Hardy. He's going to stall one here. Got a lot of time for Ian Williams and his flat horses. Um, and so he had a very nice horse and he's got it's called Buxted, which is why this was called Buxted 2. Um I think he would run well. He again, he handled this kind of track. He was he was um, his previous form had been on the all weather. Uh, he, he's a winner at uh, Chelmsford um, in early April. Showed that he's at least as good on turf with that second uh, last time out. This isn't as um, as good a race really, uh, and I thought he would run really well from stall one. Uh, he's he's never led in any of his races. He's not gonna he's not gonna tear away from stall one and lead here. But I think he's gonna sit very handily. Aquaman might lead uh, from stall three. Um he's uh, he's made the running before, Aquaman for Roger Varian So I think he'll lead, uh, but but said too will get a good position. Um and I think he will run a very good race. And hopefully he be back at the price. Five to one skinny given that he was as I said he was forties last time out. And you can argue that he shouldn't have finished any closer than third. Yeah, he uh, was. But I think there are you know, I think there are more positives than that.
0: I mean I know he won uh what is that, Chelmsford Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um so he but was only saying CFT. Uh but like part of that, he was twenty five and forties, so come on, let's be let's be fair about this. Um, thing is, now that you've said it, no, we ain't gonna get that price, Roy Delargy. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen for us. But anyway, we we can always try. We can always try. Um, the three fifteen, which will be the last race that we're going to talk about on. <laughs> on Thursday, uh, sees Japan back in training and now tried over a mile five and a half furlongs in the Ormond Stakes. Um, I should say that the the D-Stakes is interesting because Aiden O'Brien has won that six out of the last 10 years, including the last three. Bear in mind it wasn't run last year, of course, but we don't talk about last year because last year didn't happen. Isn't that right, Rory?
1: Didn't exist.
0: Yeah. Uh, Aiden's also got a pretty decent record in this. Um, he's won it in the last few years with St. Nicholas Ave, um, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Idaho. Uh, only one of those is an actual memorable racehorse who was a proper champion and was taken from us too soon. But Japan uh, makes his comeback. Have fun there, Ryan. Uh, Trushan, 11-4. to 4. 6 to 4 about 6 to 4 about Japan over a mile 5 on his seasonal reappearance. Okay. Uh, Trushan 11 to 4, uh Miranda 11 to 2. So Trushan is my cup horse to follow to take on Stradivarius down him this year. Um, could it be that Japan actually does go and win this race? That maybe this is this is the season of Japan because the the thing that was notable about him was that Ryan Moore chose him over Magical in the Irish Champion Stakes. Uh, and he was backed in the weeks leading up to it. However, like Santa Barbara, on the day, no one wanted him.
1: Uh, yeah, listen, i I don't think, I don't think Japan wins this. He could do.
0: I don't think he does. He's either.
1: clearly, he's clearly um, got the class. His his three year old form was top notch, but yeah. it was on his his best form was on top of the ground. Uh, he didn't win a maiden and soft, but his best form is on, on, on quick round. Um, and he has never looked like he wants beyond a mile and a half. No. So uh, and I just thought I think essentially last year was that he didn't he didn't train on particularly well from three to four. You know, there's a point I make on a regular basis that you know you have the weight for age skill that means that you know the older the older you get you know until maturity, um you know, the more weight you're you're meant to be giving away to um to the younger generation. And some horses reach a, reach a physical peak earlier, and some horses um are slow burners who so only really hit their best form at the four or five and even even older than that and Japan just gave the impression that he was at his very peak as a three year old and although it, I don't think he really went backwards last year he just found other horses catching him up um,
0: why would they keep him in training then
1: well that's the, well I mean first of all because they sold a half share in him for an enormous amount of money for mm. someone who wants him to run that's a good enough reason to keep him in training yeah but they um, would overrule yeah, they, him they, well not necessarily mm. um you know, there's there's a whole relationship to be to be there, and you wouldn't know. You don't know until you run these horses whether they're, whether they're going to, you know, you don't just look at them and go. Well, why, why why did Thunder Moon run in the two thousand guineas when he clearly hasn't trained on? Fair point. You know, because you don't know until you run these horses yeah. uh, whether they have or not. You can see they haven't grown as much as you'd like them to, and and often with you know with with three year olds three to four, you don't expect them to grow an awful lot more anyway. Some do. I would say, Frankel. Um, developed a lot from
0: three to four he was a beast Uh, and he was was
1: an absolute beast as a three-year-old but he was he was even better it's just a shame we didn't have machines to race him against as a four-year-old but that's by the by
0: well we did we had um, to be fair
1: I mean I mean actual I mean actual machines oh oh yeah that you could program yeah yeah
0: Yeah. like put a Bugatti, Um, put the Stig in a Bugatti Veyron and Frankl would still have beaten him Um, so anyway so is Truchan then the standout horse here
1: yeah, I think, trish, I mean, listen, I think um, if I had to price this race up, I'd price Um He's He's been very, very progressive about through his career. There's talking no, about. no no hint of a fluke about his win at Ascot. I'm always wary of, of horses winning um, late in the season. Um, and sometimes you get horses who look really impressive uh, in races like that while while not actually achieving quite as much as as they would have had to earlier in the season. But his his time figure for that is exceptional. Um, he won it in devastating style about seven and a half lengths. There's no case of him getting the run of the race. He just found tons for pressure when Holly Doyle asked him and he ran a huge race. And he has done pretty much all the way through his career. His one disappointment was the was the Ebor last year. But you have a look at that race and see how many horses around him were also disappointing. Um, and how that race panned out. You had to be you had to be on the pace early and he was stupid in a, in a race like that, it was a mile and three quarters, um, that you can't, you, you know, uh, you've pretty much got no chance if you're off the pace earlier on. He was slowly into stride um, and never really got competitive after that. But there's so many horses who, who didn't show an awful lot uh, in the Ybor who, who've um, um, who shown the form to be wrong subsequently. Um, and Trishan did that straight away um, and everything about him has him uh, uh, going the right way. He won't be bothered by the drop-back-and-trip. Um, the one issue with him is he, he probably wants good or softer ground. He's now got that with the rain, an inch of rain on, uh, on Monday. And it's hard to get away from. Um, whether he wins the Gold Cup is another matter altogether, but I think he ends up coming into this. Kingy does well at, at, at Chester. There's a half chance that he come here 90% fit because they're thinking of ask it with him, but it's a bloody good opportunity. Um, and I can't see him being too far short of his best. And if he is, then I just think he's a, he's a clear pick of this trip. Japan, on his... Um, y- y- there's an argument that a, a repetition of his eclipse um, third would be good enough to win this. That's obviously very, a very warm race on paper, but I'm not sure when you when you look at everything around it. Um, I, th- I think he's got a little bit to prove now. Um, yes, the, the, the pick of his three-year-old form... Um, would make him a very hard horse to beat in a different race. The you know, think of a three-year-old would not have him in this race, would it? It would have him. It would have him running over a mile and a quarter um, on on good or quicker ground. It wouldn't. Ha- it wouldn't. You know, there's no reason that I can see why um, he will be transformed by stepping up to this trip, other than you're just running. You're usually running against slightly lesser horses in a Group Three over a mile and five than you would be in a Group Two or a Group One over a mile and a half. Um, or even a man and a quarter. So it's an easier task for him on paper, but I'm not sure it's a task that he'll relish.
0: Mm, I'm in complete agreement with you. And um, we'll happily, uh, Holly Doyle, Alan King, and Trushan, uh, to get the job done. Right. Uh, This brings us then to Friday, and the only race that we're going to talk about on the day, which is the Toe Plus Chester Cup handicap. We don't have the draw, so we've got to go on Rory DeLarge's mind and thoughts. So Rory, take it
1: away. Um, uh, the, mo- the most interesting horse in this race I, th- I think most people would agree is not so sleepy um, he's a bit of a monkey um, but he's more than capable of um, uh, of winning a Chester Cup um, given the form they've shown over hurdles uh, he, obviously he's, he's shown that he's capable of losing races in, in interesting ways uh, he's planted himself at the start he's, he's run out um but chess was exactly the kind of track that he should enjoy and i say should enjoy uh you've got to remember that he actually won the d sticks as a three-year-old mm, that's right has gone back a long time but you know he was um we kind of thought, sort of think of him as a as a late maturing handicapper but actually he was always who achieved a fair bit fairly young and then then was in in limbo for quite a while um yeah i think um it shouldn't really matter where he's drawn either. He wouldn't want to be drawn really high just because it gets very difficult there. But he's, um, you don't want to mess him around at the start. You've just got to get him going forward straight away. And I think Graham Lee knows that. Graham knows he has won this race recently, got close to winning it before as well. Um, and I think he just needs, wants to let um, Nossos be go forward. And he's got the speed. You see, he's still got the speed uh, to win a mile and a half handicap if he wants to. Um, and he's shown he's got the speed for top class two mile handicaps over hurdles so rather than being tricky funny about it and, and, and getting him out there and looking to get covered to so hope that he will settle better than he sometimes does because he tends to race freely but actually he's nine now there's no point in hoping that somehow he will he will settle down the day this horse settles down is the day he stops winning races Yeah, simple as that so get him out there, get him on the front. And yes, he throws his head around a little bit, but he'd be happier doing that than he will being stuck behind horses. So if Graham can get him to the front um, early on, and of course he's a forward goer anyway and a horse with, with tactical speed compared to a few of these, then he's, he's going to be pretty hard um, uh, uh, to pass. Um, he's not a horse you go back each way, um, given that he's got, um, he's got two ways of running and he can lose it at the start. But I think... Um, I think he has to go very well. He's perfectly well handicapped on a mark of 100. He's only two pounds higher than when he was fourth in the camp, and this is rather. And that's a race that didn't didn't really suit him. You know, the, if you're going to be very free, Newmarket is not the ideal place to be to be wasting energy. Whereas at Chester, where you're always turning, that will help him uh, see things out. And we know he stays a trip anyway. It's just that sometimes he can be a little bit too free and, and leave himself vulnerable in a finish. But the fact that he's constantly on the turn at Chester will suit him. So he's a bit of a standout in the race. Um, and I think the race revolves around him to a degree. There are obviously a lot, you know, every year there are lots of interesting horses um, in the Chester Cup. I think some of the interesting ones probably won't get in the race, um, as is as is often the case. Uh, my old mate Just Hubert is interesting if he gets in, but he, again he's a horse you don't want to back each way. He needs things to to fall his way in a race, and he needs to be coaxed. Through it, he got a tremendous ride from Tom Marcon when he won at Goodwood last year in the uh, the Goodwood Stakes, as it was. Um, and he's only run to that form once afterwards. That was also at Goodwood, so it may well be that he's the kind of horse who, who'll disappoint once or twice. But William Muir, uh, well worth being with his horses after a break. His horses' first time out the season have all run very well. Uh, he's teamed up with chris classicsic recently as well uh, with that joint license so he'll be ready to run for his life just you he's number 27 in the weights. uh so he needs horses to come out but obviously there's a consolation race as well so if you're if you buy one that doesn't get in um you know you've got the you've got the uh, the consolation to look forward to you bet will not stand for that race but you know at least you've at least you've got something to to bet on if you want to do that um so he's interesting but i want to see who rides him and i want to see where he's drawn because uh, he's a horse he doesn't want to I don't think he wants to see a huge amount of daylight. Um, And as I said, Tom Marcon got on really well with him when he won at Goodwood, So I thought Tom would be very much in demand in this race. Uh, And um, it's rare I'd say this, but I thought he took the mickey out of Holly Doyle on his previous start at Newbury, um, where she couldn't get to the bottom of him, despite the fact that um, uh, Holly's normally very good. He wasn't disgraced in this as Arwich in his final start um it wasn't a horrible run but there's more to come from him if he wants to put his best foot forward but yeah you know, he, he will keep winning good handicaps just schubert but he will also keep throwing in bad runs in between because he's just that kind of horse so i want to see where he is and who rides him before i get heavily involved in him um and you've got a very interesting one down the way So who's definitely not getting getting into this but he's interesting for the uh, for the constellation that's um I almost said Ernesto, who is actually quite interesting, Ernesto, um, for in the busted two colours. Um, but uh, Stephanie causeway for Dan Skelton, number forty-one on the list. He's got no chance of, of making the uh, uh, the Chester Cup, but he could um, he could make the Vase um, and uh, whatever they're calling the uh, the Constellation these days. Uh, he's much improved over hurdles of late, and he, he's a forward goer. He can he can set a really strong gallop over hurdles and keep that gallop up. Um, and there's always a possibility with a horse like him that he needs uh, eight flights of hurdles in front of him to do that. But I get the impression that he's just an improved performer um, for the the skeleton training. Uh, he runs in the All Mankind colours um, as well. But I th- I would have thought he would be very well handicapped, too well handicapped to actual fight to get in the race. Um, but he'd be an interesting one on the constellation.
0: Okay. Um, so is it really all just about not so sleepy?
1: Well, it, it's price dependent and it's draw dependent to a degree. Um, if he's if he's so wide out that they think, oh, we better hold him up, then I wouldn't want to touch him with a barge pole. Mm. As long as he is like fourteen or lower, um, but not necessarily so low that his price ends up getting silly, because I don't think. Um, historically, you don't want to be drawn, you know, very, very low in the Chester. I did dig out historical. Um, I'll give you a couple of, uh, of, of um, examples here. This is going back to the late 90s because uh, there's, there there's only been one race over this track and trip for a long time. And then you got the, the Constellation coming in a few years ago as well. So not that many races uh, to base it on. So you've got to go back a long time. The winning most uh, uh, stole the Stoll eleven. In the, uh, in the Chester Cup. You've obviously had one or two years when this has been run without stalls as well. Mm. Um, so that's uh, strike rate 16% from stall 11. Stall four and two are next. Stall 14, that's got a respectable strike rate. Um, stall one has had a couple of winners, um, but two from 26, just an 8% strike rate.
0: one um, in the last 10, overturn back in
1: 2011. Yeah, and overturn, I think when he won it, there was no stalls.
0: Yeah. Uh, did, I, did, I did,
1: might be wrong there. Did, did they take the Oh no, sorry. It was, no, yeah, no. was Ray. Did Ray win it at
0: the same yard? Yes, done, you're right. He, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: With that, he did it without stalls then. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so overturn. Overturn is a blindingly obvious one because he was. He also won the Northumberland Plate from the highest draw. Yes. So he was a you know was the kind of horse who no one could live with in the early stages of his races. Um, but unless you're going to be away and gone, then you know, so one, two, and three, not necessarily massively advantageous to you. Um, because you've got to think about how the race is run and where your opportunities lie. So y- y- you need to look at your horse's run style. You need to imagine where you would ideally want to be. Um, and you, when they're coming around the final turn in the Chester Cup, you need to be making a move forward. And if you're trapped behind weakening rivals, that's not the place to be. Whereas horses who are beginning to circle the field often get a clear run at that stage. But the question is, you know, how have how have they got their position early on so i don't i don't think there's a massive problem being drawn as as i said as high as 14. um once you get higher than that it gets difficult um the um 16 17 18 no wins um in any of those races and only um and they're not doing particularly well in terms of percentage right i was like looking at percentage of rivals beaten as well because you end up looking at a lot more factors than just you know winning or losing so in terms of that, stalls three and two uh, come out uh, marginally best there. Stall eleven again up there, 56% of the rivals beaten. So again, being low is an advantage, but it's not a case of the lower the better. Stall one uh, has only beaten 41% of rivals in all races over track and track and trip, which puts him right at the bottom of the field. Although ironically, you still make money back in stall one because you've had a because you've had a big outsider winning one of those races. Um, so yes, a lot of a lot of things to consider there. Uh, a low-ish draw is beneficial, um, but the very inside stall is not necessarily the best place to be. Um, so like sort of you know two, three, four, six, seven, um, reasonably positive, and a few of, you know some of the higher stalls. Um, are difficult but stall one is not necessarily a a silver bullet in a race like this so just be a little bit wary of that
0: so 2 to 14 is what you're you're looking out for then
1: well not necessarily not necessarily the whole way you've got to also um, in a race like this where they don't have time to sort of to settle themselves down they go fast for the first couple of furlongs of the race um, and horses want to get towards the inside. So if you've got a horse who appears to be reasonably well drawn in the middle of the pack, and you want to be tracking the pace, those horses can get murdered.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So you've got to think who's going to get murdered in the run to the bend. Don't really want to be with them. So you want to have horses who are either going to be clear of trouble in front of it, or are going to be behind that trouble and not affected by it, but able to to um, get round it. So you don't necessarily, again, if you're stuck right on the inside. Then you're a hostage to fortune. You can't you can't change the race once you find your position. You need to to um, to get gaps if you're a hold up horse, and you need horses to you know you don't want to have something falling back on you. Whereas if you're a little bit wider, then at least you can you can duck and dive a little bit. Um, but clearly, if you're stuck wide the whole way, you're covering a lot more ground. So there there are different things to bear in mind, and you've got to look at the horse that you're interested in and say. Is he going to be compromised by the way the race is going to be run? Think about the the initial stages. Think about where you're going to settle in the race. And then think about, you know, uh, project how fast the pace is going to be through that race and whether you think it's going to hold up or whether you think it's going to be too strong and will suit horses who who, um, who are finishing strongly. And then also think about who's riding. Think about jockeys who've got a good record riding around what is a very tricky track. You know, most most race courses um, are are based on a sort of... uh, a roughly oval track um, where you've got a couple of bends and then you've got a longish straight where you can basically ride your race. Chester's always on the turn uh, and therefore you need to be able to make your move at different points and by definition, jockeys with a lot of experience on the track um, will get better results and you've got to look at those jockeys to do very well. We mentioned Fanny Norton earlier on. Uh, he's a jockey who really understands uh, the Rudy but there are other jockeys you know, who've, who've ridden there plenty often enough who uh, who know where you don't want to be and will be able to avoid the pitfalls. Um, so bear that in mind as well.
0: Um, can I just ask you about one very quickly? I think Ryan Moore is a very interesting jockey booking for Ian Williams and Cardinano.
1: I think Ian Williams has got a very strong hand. Um He's got a lot of horses. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because most of Ian's horses don't have jockeys on them. Well, um, the Well, the Grand Vizier does, uh, Richard Kingston. I thought Richard Kingston was a more interesting booking for the Grand Vizier, to be honest. Oh. But Ryan Moore is an unusual jockey booking
0: yeah.
1: uh, for this year. Get the impression there's there's a bit of um, the owners involved there in, in getting Ryan. Uh, but it could be wrong. But yeah, Cardano's interesting. interesting. Um, obviously, ran very well. Um to be second to the Max we can in a valuable race at Musselborough last time out. Um that's a that's a good meeting at Musselborough. Um that was the Queen's Cup. Uh, and I think um form from that meeting works out very well. Namuz, for example, was a winner at that meeting, who then went on and bolted up in the Easter Cup next time out. It was a good price to do so. Um, and it's always worth paying attention to form from from some of those better early turf meetings. When they put good prize money on, you get better horses and the form tends to work out a little bit better. So yeah, he was second there. That's good form. Um, and he should again he's got the run style for this race as well he wants to go he, he wants to go forward um, we don't know if he'll say uh, this trip on, on pedigree he'll struggle with it um, but he said a man three quarter well last time if he says two and a quarter um, then he's got a, he's got a decent chance and as you said Ryan Moore is an unusual jockey booking for Ian Williams um, but in saying that um, Richard King's got a very good jockey uh, Ryan Chester uh, rides, rides more winners here than most and I thought it was interesting that Ian was was keen to renew his acquaintance with the Grand Vizier. There's another one who will get. We know he'll stay all day. He stays two mile five very well um, on the flat, um, and he's almost certainly been been laid out for the race. He's high in the weights. He's obviously he's only got one above him, and he might end up carrying top weight because I don't know whether Dermot Weld intends to run Falconer. Um, and Falcon 8 himself is an interesting horse. He hasn't yeah. really gone on. But Dermot has always said about Falcon 8 that he wouldn't really be at his physical peak until he was five or six years old. Um, so although he won um, uh, he won on the Eclipse card at Sandown um, two years ago, I mean, that was the Coral Marathon. I, I thought it was a very weak race. But interestingly, Dermot was interviewed after that, and he said, you know, you won't see the best of him um, until next year, maybe the year after that. Um, so although he's been a bit disappointing since, I just wonder whether he might be the type of horse to suddenly take off now, um, and whether he might end up going to uh, going to Australia again for Dermot.
0: Yeah, possibly. He's now gelded as well, mm. so uh, maybe that will bring a bit improvement as well. Uh, your shortlist, so it's obviously led by not so. It, it was.
1: It's a. It's a. Listen, it's a long shortlist, um, and I don't want to be condense it to three to a corner. Oh, condense it to three, crikey! I'll throw I'll, I'll throw the Grand uh, Vizier in there. Um, I will throw not so sleepy in there. And I don't know if he gets in, but I've got to throw just just Hubert in there as well, because he did he did me a good turn last year. Mm-hmm. Um and I you know, he's a horse I kind of understand. I know he you can't trust him to to give his running every time, but he's suited by races of this nature, stays very well. Uh and if it falls for him, he's more than capable of winning off his mark.
0: Grand Vizier is widely available at 22 to one. He is 25 to one firm. Um, that could shorten, uh, but that is Roy Delargy's shortlist for the Chester Cup. Your best bet of the week for Chester?
1: Uh, oh, that's a very good question, really, isn't it? Um Argo Trushan, he's, he's a he's a good enough price. It's not like he's he's he, Trushan should be a five to four favourite, shouldn't he? I think so. Yeah, and yet he's yeah he's a remarkably backable price. Yeah, so he'll do for me. Yeah, I'm normally I go for something at a bigger price, but not, with with no information on the draw of the Chester Cup, I can't really be getting involved there.
0: Well, with the eleven to four that's currently available, I'll more than happily uh, take that. I, I kind of thought that you were going to to hit us with. Um, one of the one of the handicappers that you were very interested in like uh uncle jumbo i thought yeah it's,
1: it's just the yeah the prices is it is um is coming in all the time with him and if he ends up being a nine to four shot then you know i'll uh i'll sidestep but at he... the early prices he's he's uh, he's well worth looking at let's call um, him
0: let's call him the, the the next best so uh
1: if you if you log on to the sporting lines later on look at punting pointers uh, I, I can I can pretty much guarantee you an interesting like, selection in the last race at Chester tomorrow that we haven't discussed thus far Ooh. so there you go Oh, but I would be betraying my friend Mr Massey if I just give it out on this podcast
0: that would not be fair that would not be yeah. fair at all so uh, sportinglife.com uh, go to where punting pointers punting, punting pointers punting pointers um, if you're not doing that already uh, you should be but uh, head there and uh, Roy Delargy. Well, uh, we'll look after you uh, that's it my friend uh, we're back on Monday uh, we're back later on in the week to release a podcast that we've already reco- recorded where we look back at the 2000 and 1000 Canadian Punchestown but as for uh, Roy DeLarge he's back with us on Thursday next week uh, until then my friend um looking forward to your insight again and uh thank you very much for doing the show on a tuesday instead uh quite enjoyed this um it feels like it's thursday it's weird uh but anyway until next time my good man take care thank you and thank you very much thank you very much for listening um and as roy said all the best um we appreciate all the kind words on social media even though i wasn't on twitter for the last few days but i'll be back on it soon and um five star rating and your podcast app would be most appreciated take care look after yourself and um, talk to you soon god bless. the final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by tote bet with tote and support racing in the uk and ireland